Praise God. You know, my wife uh, said I should start with a few jokes. Uh, and you know, I, I just don't really see a whole lot funny about prof prophetic, you know, the prophetic. I, I just don't see a whole lot that's funny about it. So, but anyway, this, here's my attempt uh, <laughs> at some prophetic humor, okay? So, uh, why shouldn't atheists pay taxes? They are not for profits. Uh, amen. Did you know that fewer and fewer people are buying into religion these days? Profits are down. Well, you know, today something happened to me, and, uh, you know, my prophecy class was canceled uh, due for some unforeseen reason. Amen. So, Lord, give us eyes to hear, eyes to see, and ears to hear, Lord. And mouths to speak, Lord God, the transcripts from heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, my message today is entitled, if I can bring it up, arrow button, there it is. Questions about prophecy that you always wanted to ask. Okay. So what is prophetic ministry? Prophetic ministry is ministry that is done through the use of prophetic gifts. It is sharing a word, a vision, a picture, a dream, or a sensing that God puts within you with another person or a group of individuals. What is prophecy's purpose? Okay. The purpose of prophecy is to edify, to encourage, and to exhort both believers and unbelievers in the faith. It is hearing from God and then speaking what you hear to a person or a group of individuals for the purpose of strengthening them, for the purpose of encouraging and comforting them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 2 through 4, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds him, himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So who can prophesy? Scriptures tell us that all can prophesy. If you can hear God's voice and express what you hear, then you can prophesy. Matthew 10.20 says, For it is not you who speaks, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. In 1 Corinthians 14.31 it says, For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. You know, following the prophecy of Joel in the Bible, we here at New Covenant give opportunity for all people to prophesy. No matter your age, 
you can prophesy. We train and we equip you all, all who have a desire to prophesy and minister prophetically. Acts 2.17, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Okay? This is a promise of God. This is what's going to happen in the last days. And how many know that we are living in the last days? Okay, so there's two different levels of prophecy. There's the all who can prophesy level, which is what most of us operate in. And then there's the office of the prophet. Well, what are some of the differences between the all can prophesy level which is for all believers. For Paul said, I wish that you would all prophesy. Amen? All right. So, the difference between the all prophesy level is a gift of prophecy, and it's given by the Holy Spirit as he wishes. Okay? That's a gift of the Spirit. Okay, we see the office of the prophet is given to the church by Jesus Christ himself. All right. We see in Ephesians 4.11 that when Jesus ascended to heaven after triumphing over death and grave, he divided his personal ministry into five roles. These are known as the fivefold ministry offices of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. How many know the fivefold? How many believe in the fivefold? Amen. 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 Oops. Okay, what is the purpose of the fivefold offices of ministers? There's a reason why Jesus Christ left the earth and he gave the apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers. We see this answered in Ephesians 4.11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Why? To equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So that's the reason why the fivefold offices were created by Jesus. Okay, so why what do I do when a prophecy is spoken over me? Okay? If a prophecy is spoken over you, you record your prophecy for your future. You realize that your prophecy can happen within a few minutes of you receiving it, or it can happen years down the road, okay? A lot of people get prophesied over, and they think, oh, man, this is going to happen soon, and a day goes by, a week goes by, a month goes by, a year goes by, and that prophecy hasn't been fulfilled yet, okay? So that prophecy may be on the road. It doesn't necessarily mean that that prophecy is no good or it isn't meant for you. It simply means that it hasn't been fulfilled. It hasn't come to reality in your life. 
So what do you do with that prophecy? You test that prophecy. You test the word, okay? You test your word, see if it lines up with the Bible, okay? You confirm your word. You seek wise counsel. Go with someone you respect and who you honor that's in the ministry, that, that are not in the ministry, whatever. Go to someone, go to a counselor, go to someone who can confirm your prophecy and say, yeah, and amen. Okay. Okay. So then you activate your word. Okay. After engaging all the above, after recording your prophecy, uh, after realizing that your prophecy might be futuristic, uh, after you've tested the word and lined it up with the Bible, after you've confirmed the word with with a council of people, uh, and you get a witness within your own spirit. Yes, this is God. Yes, a and a. Yes and amen. Okay. Well, it's time you take action. You got to take a step, okay? If there's a step to be taken, take the step. Okay, I want to touch on six ways to bring fulfillment to your prophecy. A lot of times we will get a prophetic word and we will sit it on the shelf. And we will forget about it. And we'll never bring it up again. We'll never realize it. We'll never listen to it. We'll never uh, reread the, what is written down. There's six ways to bring fulfillment to your prophecy. Because prophecy is all about destiny. It's about God's purpose for your life. It's about God's physical, His direction for you. Okay? So... Number one, you must know the word of God and speak it out in confirmation to the prophecy you receive. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. An An example of that would be, well, Say that someone spoke over you uh, that you were going to be healed, that there was a prophecy concerning healing for you. Well, you could go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, and it says what? He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to our sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So what did you do? You got a word of prophecy The word of prophecy concerned healing in your body. What did you do that? You searched out the word of God and you got a particular scripture that was a witness to the word of God that you got concerning healing. And then you spoke it forth and you started to bring that forth and wore that forth with that prophecy. And that's what you need to do. You need to know the word of God, meaning if you get a word of prophecy... Go to the scriptures and find something that aligns. Find a scripture that aligns with that word and bring it to the Lord and bring remembrance to the Lord of that prophecy in Jesus' name. The second thing you can do is your conversations with God and man should reflect the mindset of a conqueror. I'm going to tell you, if you're speaking words that are negative, about your prophecy, if you're speaking words of unbelief and of doubt, it isn't going to happen. Your prophecy is going to remain unfulfilled, okay? 
You've got to speak the positive. You've got to speak that I am victorious and I am the conqueror. Okay? Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat of its fruits. That means if you speak positive and you speak positive into your life, you're going to partake and you're going to eat of that positive nectar of, the God, of God. You can also speak the negative. And when you speak negative, you're going to speak death and destruction to your prophecy and to what God has spoken over your life. And it is time. It is time that we begin to have conversations with God and with man that are victorious. I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. You see, and that breeds faith. That breeds life. That sets things in motion for the fulfillment of prophecy. So, when you talk to God or a person, visualize yourself. It's a good thing, prophetic, where we're usually, I'm a very visionary. But I visualize things. Visualize the fulfillment of your prophecy. If he prophesied healing to you, visualize your healing. Visualize like Deb said when you can go and she can again dance up here around the altar. Visualize you dancing around the altar and it'll come to pass. It'll be a reality. That'll breed reality to you. Number three. You must take authority over Satan in the name of Jesus. What is Satan here to do? He's here to kill, steal, and destroy, right? He wants to kill your prophecy. He wants to destroy it. He wants it never to be fulfilled in your life. Philippians 2, 9 and 10 says, Wherefore God also highly, hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. We need to take authority in the name of Jesus. We need to start lighting our light with our path with the light of the gospel and the light of the word of God. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, For all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. If we are the sons and the daughters of the Most High, we have that same authority. Jesus, in the book of Genesis, spoke and created the world into existence, didn't he? If we are adopted into that lineage, if if that DNA is in us, then the words that we speak can create things. We can create things. In this earth and in this natural realm, in this spiritual realm as well. So we need to start taking authority over Satan. He has no dominion over us. Amen. You must close your, clothe yourself with the armor of God. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes... You may be able to stand your ground. 
And after you have done everything, stand. So when you have a word of prophecy, you stand your ground. You stand in that prophetic moment. And you stand that ground. Until that prophecy is realized, you stand the ground. It shall come to pass. It will come to pass. Amen? So we put on the armor of God, put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, take up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, we take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Then what's the final thing of the armor? We pray always in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You want power in your life, begin to pray in the Spirit. You know, the Word clearly tells us that sometimes we don't know how to pray. Sometimes the need is greater than, than, than the words that we can speak. What do you do then? Well, you go into that realm of the Spirit and you begin to pray in the Spirit with the power and the authority of God. And you believe what you're saying. You believe what you're praying. You believe in the reality that God, that God has spoken to you. And you breathe and you breathe and you breathe that prophecy to life. So whenever you're down, I'm going to give you this one word of encouragement today. Whenever you're down and whenever you're in distress, and even if you're in sin, break into praying in the Spirit. It'll give you more power and it'll give you more glory. It'll give you a touch of heaven in that moment and in that season of your life. Number five, you must engage in the power of prayer and fasting. Isaiah 58, 6 says, it's, Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? There are some times that things are on us that only can be broken off by prayer and fasting. There's some seasons when you have to buffet your body to see the glory of the Lord, to experience the manifest presence of the Lord. You have to buffet your body, and this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. So if we submit ourselves to prayer and fasting, guys, this is a spiritual spiritual battle that we're fighting, you know? So we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, dominions of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty unto God to the pulling down of strongholds. You got some strongholds in your life. How do you defeat them? How do you pull them down? By prayer and fasting, holding every thought and holding every imagination under the blood of Jesus, under the power of the Word of God. 
Number six, you must learn when to rest in battle and when not to engage the enemy. Daniel 7.25, and he will speak against the Most High, and he will wear down the saints of the Highest One, and he will intend to make alterations in time and in law, and they will be handed over to him for a time and times and half a times. Did you catch that? And he will speak against the Most High and wear down the saints. Choose your battles. Don't go into every battle. That battle may not be yours. Choose your battles in the Lord. That you will not wear yourself out and you will not be worn out. When you fight a battle, you must be strategic. Knowing when to fight, knowing when to rest is critical to the outcome of the battle. Remain in the battle where you have authority. Do not take authority that you do not have. Pick your battles. You know, whether you realize it or not, there is a prophetic word over your life. If you don't have a prophetic word over your life, that's what the prophetic teams set up in the back four on Sunday mornings. Prophecy is a word from God about your future. God tells us prophecy is a weapon we use to wage war against our enemies. God says it is not enough to leave a prophecy hanging dormant in our lives. On the contrary, when the enemy attacks our families, we must take that prophecy and go to war. You must just, you may be just one proclamation, one decree, one declaration away from your victory. The whole purpose of prophetic revelation is to present Jesus to the world. This is the reason for our interactive hearing and communing with God in all its dimensions. So prophecy is all about presenting Jesus to the world. Revelations 19.10 At this I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when we talk about receiving and releasing prophetic revelation, we are not primarily 
referring to predicting the future, but rather to displaying the message and person of Jesus to the world around us. You know, if anybody wishes to prophesy, just see me after service. <laughs> I'll show you the ropes. Okay. You know, I did it. Actually, 20, 23 minutes. I, I was talking to Tom and Eric about how, you know, 30 minutes. I want to I do 30 minutes. And, and I, I didn't even know if I was going to get to with what was happening this, this morning. You know what I mean? I was about ready to say, I get up here and say, I yield. You know, I, I yield, God, I yield. You know? So here's, here's your action plan. Number one, engage with God. Brush off your prophecies. If you don't have a prophecy, get one. Bring them to God's remembrance. Stir up the prophecies. That's what we're doing as a, uh, as a core team, as a shield team here. We got the prophecies of the church and we're going back through them. And we're beginning, we're going to do 30 days of striking the ground. Amen. And we're going to strike the ground with the prophecies that have been spoken over this church. Amen. And for 30 days, your prophetic team is going to be striking the ground with prophetic prophecies that have been spoken. And we're going to war, and we're going to see those things come to pass. Number two, engage using your God-given identity. Stand up and be who you are in God. Take your authority. You know the prophet Jeremiah, what does it say about the prophet Jeremiah? The Lord spoke to Jeremiah and he says, uh, Jeremiah, hey, I knew you in your mother's womb. And I anointed you and I anointed you as a prophet to the nations. In his mother's womb. We're no different. God spoke a plan, a destiny an identity, a DNA to every single one of us in our mother's womb. Amen. Totally believe that. Amen. Engage in that God-given identity. Stand up. Be who you are in God. Take your authority. Number three, engage, your, engage with your destiny. Catch a vision of your future. And you can do that through the prophetic words that you've received. Catch a vision of your future. Hear with an understanding your destiny. Number four, engage for your victory. Don't lay down on the job. God's got a purpose and a plan for every single person here. Every single person here has a destiny of God upon them. Do not take no for an answer. Embrace your call. Next week, this week, 
read Acts chapter 21 and Acts 22. Memorize Psalms 111, 7.